Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to my podcast. It's Saturday, July 10th. Hope you had a great week. Let's get right into it, folks. Why I do this? My sons, Bobby and Jack, uh, recent graduates of undergraduate business programs, um, uh, Go Dukes, uh, Ray Bucknell. Uh, um, I went through the 87 crash, and I was a stockbroker at that point, and then I uh, uh, learned a lot and learned what I didn't know. And I decided to uh, go back and, and find out why the 87 crash happened, and so it never happened to me again. And uh, so I read everything. I was about, a, you know, 500-plus books, studied uh, podcasts, and, 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 you know, really dove into uh, technical analysis is what I really found in charts, patterns, volume. And I just find it very helpful to have a visual cue as to when to buy and sell stocks. And I go into that here, and I hope I add value. I go technicals first, fundamentals second. It's not right or wrong. It just works for me. I read the journal, Barron's The Economist. So you don't have to if you don't want to. I listen to podcasts, devour relevant newsletters, uh, monitor what my Google alerts are bringing in, and know that uh, that uh, if you want to I give attribution, I always point to them. If you want to do it, great. But if not, I'm doing it for you. And I eat home cooking. I have no conflicts. I show you what I'm buying and selling, and um, I hope I add value. What are your pain points? Uh, problems you like solved, topics I should cover. Thank you for the feedback, which grows with every passing day. I'm always going to do this free version, and uh, please go to the YouTube channel as well to to uh, you know see, see the charts that I reference. But I'm going to offer you know Bakes Takes Plus is what is my working title, uh, and you know you tell me what you what would be helpful. A weekly call with me on Discord, maybe more often. Uh, teach technical analysis. You help me design the show. Tell me guests that I should reach out to or I should where I should appear. Uh, would you like a text like I send to my sons when I buy or sell something? And if so, uh, call me six one or text me six one zero three three one forty two eighty three. My disclaimer: This is not investment advice. Please conduct and share your own due diligence. And uh, Mike, my producer, uh, hope you had a great week. And if you don't don't mind, share what we talked about before we got uh, got started. Well, basically, that uh, I recently decided to liquidate my portfolio. I think I was uh, investing emotionally. I was I was doing a lot of the things I wasn't supposed to do, and I had a lot of fear about selling things off. And I was leaving a lot of uh, a lot of money on the table. I was seeing a lot of red and sitting there waiting for it to come back to green and reinvesting. I was I was doing it all wrong. And so after you know being on this show and and watching and listening, I it only took a year. Yeah, I decided to sell it all. It took me a year to get over my emotional state. Sold it all, and now I'm going to come back in and kind of reset, and uh, obviously hoping to use some of some of your insight to help me do exactly that. Uh, you could that that makes me so happy. It's a joke. I really appreciate that. That is fabulous. Thank you very much. I didn't pay him to do that. Uh, say that that completely came out of the blue, and uh, right before that we we started. So um, I'm thrilled, and I hope I can be helpful. And I think the timing's good because we've got a lot that that's happened over the past week, that, and one particular new idea. So. I uh, had a, a fan mail. I had uh, a, a friend come in from New York, wanted me to keep him anonymous, so I will, and asked about uh, uh, buying rental property. Uh, the, he's, uh, uh, you know, younger. Uh, he's in no rush. and uh, But he also doesn't want to earn, uh, you know, close to zero in the bank. And I, what I, I thought about this a lot, and I like to ruminate on these, uh, these, these questions, 
And then I said, let's go back to the April 3rd show where I had another dad-son team that, you know, asked about uh, uh, you know, investing, getting started. And I came up with this framework. And, uh, you know, it's a pyramid. If you, if you go, Please go to the YouTube channel. And it, it's, it's, um, it's like Bake's hierarchy of needs. You know, I'm not Laszlo, but I play him on TV. And, um, and I, I, I'm approaching this. This is how I approach things. And I think it's a great framework. And you tell me if it if it's for you. But uh, especially after this last year that we went through, I want you ready for COVID too, whatever the hell that's going to be. And so I think having uh, a reserve of six to 12 months, a third in cash, a third in gold, and a third in Bitcoin, or, you know, some other crypto makes sense. And why do I say that? Cash uh, will, will serve you well in deflationary times, which happens very rarely, but it's not, there's no, it isn't a risk of zero. Uh, gold has been money for 3,000 years and, and hedges against inflation, not perfectly, but, but it's, it's been money forever. And Bitcoin might be money for the next 3,000 years. And that could serve as a hedge against inflation. Not, that's not proven yet. But by, the, by diversifying that way, I just think you have sort of a bedrock, you know, uh, in, in case of emergency, break glass and reach for the cash, gold and Bitcoin. And I just think you'll sleep better. All right, next for me was term insurance. I've got a wife and two kids, and if I get hit by a bus, I want to take care of them. You don't have a wife and kids, so just skip this step. And, uh, uh, you know, real estate is a great way to build wealth. That's the next thing I put on the, uh, on the pyramid, and I'll talk about that a little bit more. But then going up, and by definition, I want you to take your debt down. Now, you can take debt on in your 20s. You can make a lot of mistakes, and you can live to fight another day. Uh, I address this more for older people, but um, you know, real estate by definition, you're going to be paying down the debt. You're going to have a mortgage, and 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 uh, you're going to be doing that naturally. Next is a 401k, 401k or IRA or Roth, whatever you want to do. What some tax advantage account? I want you to keep money away from from taxes as as long as humanly possible. Usually, the 401k offerings are pretty vanilla. You know, it, it's they they just don't want to get sued, so it's you know, basic, broad uh, mutual funds usually. And I think, you know, having half an international market, because most Americans are, are, are geocentric, and, and it works around the globe too, by the way. And, you know, half in the S&P, you're going to be really well diversified. You're not going to want to, uh, uh, you know, break open the piggy bank because of the penalties and the taxes. And just let it go. Because stocks go up 70% of the time. The 30% stinks. But the 70% is, is, is a good place to go. And then next is us. And hopefully, you know, you come along with, with, with Mike and I and you say, hey, uh, we're going to identify themes and, and, and big trends that other people aren't talking about because I listen to all their podcasts and we come up with different stuff. And it's going to get even better when you start firing ideas at me and, and, um, and, and going forward. So, um, you know, real estate is clearly the way to wealth. It's just, you know, uh, uh, demographics are in your favor. Uh, moving out of cities is in, is in, your, uh, in your favor. And um, an idea that I want to put to you is, you know, if you can combine your residence with your investment and live in the property that, that you want to invest in and have the other tenants pay your mortgage, that seems to me like a, a really great way to go that's relatively low risk. You have to... 
you have to live somewhere. But know that real estate is illiquid and leveraged, you know, and it can go down. I'm batting 500 on houses, okay? I've made money on two. I've lost money on two. And the winds have offset the, 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 the gains. I mean, the winds have offset the losses. But, you know, the, there's times when you, you're going to hate real estate. And it's not going to be often, I hope, and you got to be smart, but it is illiquid and you, you, you do use debt almost all the time. So now, right now, the market is very, very hot. And if you think timing the stock market is tough, timing the real estate market is, is, is tough as well. We all have anecdotes about you know, people coming in and, and paying you know, 75 grand over, over offering prices, so asking prices. So I would suggest that you, you're... you're a question I want you to ask yourself is, do I want to live in this or do I want to own this for the next 10 years? And if the answer is yes, then go for it. I think it makes sense. And uh, and if you have any trepidations and, and uh, uh, you know, you feel like you're being pressured from any source, yourself, family, brokers, the market, the news, I'd walk away. You got plenty of time, and and uh, you know, and I want you to be happy, and I want you to have fun, and I think that, um, uh, but I, I think you're you're thinking along the right line, and if you put it in that pyramid construct that I have, I think you, you're going to become ten feet tall and bulletproof in the, your thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties, and I, I you know I envy that for you. So I hope I'm helpful, and uh, and God bless you. Uh, next, Justin from Pennsylvania, new friend. Uh, a friend of Jack's from um, uh, Pennsylvania. Justin, thanks for your help with everything. I really appreciate it, especially Discord. Uh, the poor guy is, is, is bringing this Luddite into, into this century, and uh, he might be turning to drugs and alcohol because of it. I apologize. He's not, but, I mean, that's how bad I can be sometimes. Uh, he asked about, uh, is the J- Japanese news a buying opportunity? I had to think. And so what did they do? They said COVID's picking up. The Olympics are going to be without spectators, and and you know that raised the specter of COVID too. You know the Delta variant and what have you. And then he asked about options. So the first part, um, uh, I discount the first half hour of trading, especially on Mondays, because what happens? This pent up emotion. People are are uh, are you know are waiting to react to something and they don't have the opportunity until 9:30 in the morning when the stock market opens and then that first half hour tends to be very emotional and then you see kind of what the real trend is over the course of the day and the market was down that first half hour it ended up uh, it's too short term for me i tend not to do that uh it, it was a buying opportunity over that week but you know what what does next week hold i don't have a clue what's going to happen monday at 9 30 none of us have a clue so, uh, you know, I, I tend not to overreact to anything, especially in a foreign country that, you know, doesn't seem to directly impact, uh, uh, you know, my investments. And uh, so I hope that's helpful. Options, they're not for me. Uh, and the main part of it is I, in my career, I had to pick stocks, uh, either oil and gas or healthcare stocks mainly, and I didn't have to, to pay attention to options. So I didn't, you know, there wasn't an incentive. Uh, it adds a timing element that I'm not, I don't want to do. Uh, you have to get the stock right, and then you have to get the timing right. And according to Scott Galloway, 80% of options expire worthless. So you're kind of running uphill. If you want to do it for fun with a small amount of money, touch the stove. But it's just, it's just not for me. 
so my take is your real estate's obviously a great long-term investment. I would put the context of a very hot market in right now with ultra-low interest rates and stress test the purchase. Think, okay, if this happens in my job, can I can I uh, uh, handle the payments? If uh, this area starts to de- deteriorate for whatever reason, another COVID outbreak, if you want to be extreme, you know, just stress test it and, and, and think about, you know, am I going to be happy if I do this 10 years from now? And I, I think you're probably, you probably, I know you, you're a smart guy. You're going to make the right choice. Um, next, Japan options is too short term for me. Uh, now, if in future Discord conversations you want to talk about it, great. It's just that I'm never, I'm, al- I'm almost never going to say, here's this geopolitical event and I'm going to respond accordingly today. It's just that I, I'm just not what I do. Uh, next, Mr. Fernandez, I, I don't know how to pronounce your first name, so I'm going to wait. Uh, thank you for your kind words on YouTube, and please reach out to me there. I respond to virtually everybody in 24 hours max. I really try to do that. I can't do it 100%, but I really try and do it. Um, and said, uh, you know, this information is uranium. I think that's a play on his question about gold last week where I said gold stinks because I'm so damn subtle. Uh, gold bounced, and that's all it is. I think it's a dead cat bounce, and I think that uh, it's dead money for, for now. So uh, we covered that. But then he asked about how uh, I identify promising stocks, and I'll go into that sausage making in, in my, uh, uh, you know, my themes and groups segment because it really plays into this week. So you know, stay, keep listening, please. All right, so my take is the rental property idea makes sense. You're smart enough to, to, to do this well, and uh, I really like your chances. Uh, but be patient because the market's so damn hot. And if you have any questions, you know, you have that, that fight or flight uh, instinct go up, I want you to flee. Um, and then uh, I go through fresh ideas in a very step-by-step fashion, uh, into, into utilizing the charts and the fact sheet, and I'll go into that uh, shortly. And another question for you, please, for Bakes Takes Plus, my working title, what would you like? What do you want me to add? Uh, please share this with your Robinhood friends, your Reddit friends, your Weeble friends, your Thinkorswim friends. I don't care. Uh, send your other stocks ideas, and I'll offer strategy for them as well. Please stay tuned. Um, and bring up Weeble because in, in, my mechanics brought it up, and then my friend Gus from Shear Scoops recommended Weeble over Robinhood and other ideas, uh, other platforms, and I'd love to get your thoughts. So please send those in as well. My themes and groups. Uh, I'll come right to the chase. You know, and I, I do this for me as much as you. Uh, I'm up 12% for the year in the first half. It's okay. I think it's a little under the S&P, but I don't really care because I'm not, I, I, I'm not paid by, by a pension fund to beat the S&P benchmark. I just want to make money every year. And I'm, and I'm off to a pretty good start. Um, you'll notice again that I've got uh, uh, one slice of red at, at, at uh, the end of June, and I shot this this week. Not because of this loss, because the, you know that's a small one, but because of something technical I'll go into. Um, but uh, you know, uranium is leading the charge, and this is what happens. You have big winners that tend to drive performance, and if you keep your losers to a minimum and let your winners run, good things happen in the whole portfolio. So we've got a double in uranium for uh, URNM uh, for since inception, and uh, I'm obviously bullish, maybe to the point of, of, of boring you, but uh, I just... I, 
I want you in uranium. I just think it makes all the sense in the world, and I don't hear a lot of other people talking about it. Um, uh, blockchain, still bullish, up 9%. Global copper, up 26%. Uh, uh, Tucrium Agriculture Fund, up 17%. That's uh, soybeans, corn, wheat, and sugar. Uh, so even though this week you saw some minor pullbacks, I don't think they mean much. I've got another uranium fund that's up 79%. Retail's up 10 with a tiny percentage of that in GameStop, and that's intentional. And cannabis is up 55%. So, um, you know, I want you to join Mike and pay attention to what we do and, and pluck, you know, all of our ideas or whatever the ones that resonate with you. I'm 17% in cash, and I'm looking for fresh ideas all the time and far away to things I should look at. Um, just I pulled out the uranium chart just as a because uh, it's down from its highs, but I don't care. I mean, this is a good, solid uptrend, a very positive chart. It's up 46% year to date, and I've got nothing telling me here that my thesis is violated, and so I'm holding it and I'm going to let it ride. Where my thesis was violated was the next one. ProShare is short, uh, uh, 20 plus year treasuries. You know, I basically have said bonds suck. And I think that yields are going up and bond prices are going down. And I think that'll eventually work out. But I stick to my discipline. This is TBF is the symbol, Tom Berry Frank. And uh, I sold at a 2.7% loss. So I had a, we saw a decisive close below the 200-day moving average. And I just got out. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't discuss it. I didn't take a walk around the block. I just shot it. There's the close and it's gone. And so now I've got that capital to invest in other things. And I don't have to have the psychological shelf space to say, oh, what's my bond thesis right now? Right now, I'm wrong. The market's right. And I'm out. The market believes the Fed that, that, that uh, the inflation is transitory. Commodities are softening. Bond yields have come down to 1.35%, which is why prices go up. And if you're short bonds, this didn't work this time. And also, by not being, uh, by selling this, I'm in a different frame of mind when it reappears as I go through the, the charts again next month. So we'll see. So, uh, and this is for, uh, for you, Mr. Fernandez, from, from, from YouTube. I, uh, how I identify new ideas. And uh, it's pretty labor-intensive. It's very labor-intensive. I go through 1,700 charts. I cover the top left, like Carter Worth does. Hi, Carter. Um, uh, and I uh, go through every ETF that I have in my system, 1,700 plus, which you know, is everything imaginable, every foreign country, every commodity, every stock, it, it's all there. Um, and I, I look for uh, patterns. And the main pattern, and it's illustrated here in the short DSPAC ETF. And for what it's worth, I go through 1,700 charts, I come up with about three to five ideas a month, and I act on one or two. So that's the wheat and chaff aspect of this. And this is how I did it when, when I was you know, running hundreds of millions of dollars for mutual funds and hedge funds. It's the same process, and I'm going to keep doing it. Um, what I want to see is, especially if something has come down a, a great amount, based, and then you see a volume pickup. And you see this here in the chart. Didn't have time to, to, to draw the arrows that I normally do. But... Uh, so this, this ETF short DSPAC has come down and built a base and now is breaking out on above average volume. And so uh, I bought this. I alerted my sons, uh, Bobby and Jack. And um, if you want to join that service, we'll discuss it. So give me a call, 610-331-4283. So 
short DSPAC ETF, SOGU is the symbol. And it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, uh, we've talked about SPACs a fair amount. Everybody's got one, it seems like, uh, kind of like podcasts. The uh, uh, I don't know how many SPACs have been created. 200 plus, I think, is the number. Uh, and, and it's a way for uh, companies that either can't or don't want to go through the traditional IPO process to go public. The SPAC buys the private company, and you add water, and you have a public, publicly traded company. These are the companies that have already committed to acquiring a private business and have gone public. So they've de spac and they've become ChargePoint, Nikola, Ride, Clover Health, etc. There's 25 total that are uh, short in this ETF. And so just off the top of my head, I've got you know reasons to get excited. You have lockups that expire so that people that can finally get out are selling the shares. You have valuations that are lofty at best. You've got many lousy businesses. I'll go into that. They, the, the, the SPAC dynamics is that you, you raise a bunch of cash, you put them in treasury, and the leader or the manager of the, of the SPAC has two years to do a deal. Well, the clock's been ticking. And so if you don't do a deal, you don't get the fees and you don't get 20% of the company. That's starting to work its way out. So what's happening? The pressure to do deals is increasing. The quality is declining. They might argue with that, but I, 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 I'll stick to my guns. Shaq, A-Rod, Colin Kaepernick, everybody's got a SPAC and they're all looking for companies. And um, so I just think that that backdrop promotes poor quality companies getting into these ETFs, and I think they have. This particular one is very EV heavy, electronic vehicle, and uh, a couple things. Number one, I talked about before, I think Tesla looks heavy to me and and had to set, sell Bitcoin to meet the quarter. So I think Tesla's going to have a hard time making a lot of money from here, going up a lot from here after a monstrous uh, 2020. And here's something I don't think people would consider. The grid can't handle all the EV requirements that, that these lofty projections are, are, are calling for. And when that comes to light, I think we're going to start seeing the EV enthusiasm, all those cells in the spreadsheet going off to the right, coming down. Uh, Google Alerts are going to kick out a heck of a lot more, and I want to get your feedback. Tell me what you think, but I think shorting companies that have, gone, that have been spacked, so to speak, is a pretty cool strategy as we go through the rest of the year and into next. Uh, just as a sort of a gut check, I looked at the, I go to the fact sheet. I didn't print that here. I should have. Uh, go to the fact sheet, which all these ETFs have. Go to the top 10 holdings. Just pick the top one, which is probably the one that's per- performed uh, the, the best, you know, the one that, that has uh, uh, you know, risen the most. In this case, we're betting the other way. We're going short. This is ChargePoint, CHPT, charging stations in South California. Full disclosure, I have not done what I used to do in the old days, go through all the filings, 10Q, 10K, call the company, call the customers, call the suppliers, call the competitors. I haven't done that. So, But what I have done is I've gone to you know look at some basic metrics and, and, and look at this. Uh, they're, they're losing money. Their revenues are $32 million a quarter. There's very little growth. It's an $8.4 billion market cap. The short interest has come way down. And wait for it, the technicals now are deteriorating. And finally, the you have 
uh, people that argue about shorts, you know, they say, well, valuation is, isn't a catalyst for, for betting on, on a stock going down or an ETF going down. You're right, but I think now there's enough technical clues that are pointing to these stocks are going down, some to zero, and there's 24 others to diversify our risk. I like our chances. So that's my take. Uh, here's my take. Uh, cut your losses, let your winner run, and uh, shorting SPACs, DSPACs via SOGU is very promising to me. And I'm basically, I'm talking my book. I bought 10% of the portfolio uh, the other day. Uh, next, my uh, uh, newer, newish segment, Gray Swan. And this is in the Wall Street Journal. And a uh, the headline uh, really I, I caught my eye. And by the way, this is in the back of the journal, you know, back in you know, page 17, something like that. Suicide attack on Hong Kong police officer highlights tension over China's rule. Okay, why is this on an investment show? Well, here's my thought, and it might be crazy. This is Elaine Yu, does very good work. 50-year-old man stabbed a, 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 a police officer. I said cop. The cop survived, but then the 50-year-old man stabbed himself in the heart and, and obviously committed suicide. And this reminds me of uh, the Godfather scene when Michael Corleone goes to Cuba. More on that. Uh, you know, and I asked myself, is Tiananmen Square 2 coming? And what is their response? What's China's response going to be a, 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 an uprising of their populace, which they don't react too well? And then how does the U.S. and the world respond to, respond to China? So my reference is uh, Michael Corleone is, is, is driving through Cuba. They are uh, you know, talking about, uh, I believe, establishing a casino. And there's a scene, which is here in the show notes, go to it, please, where uh, 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 a pro-Castro supporter is grabs a hand grenade, screams Viva Fidel, and commits suicide and takes out another soldier uh, with him with the whole car blowing up. So when people are... are, are the, people are so fed up with how uh, China has taken over Hong Kong and treated its people that they're re- they're responding kind of like this. So uh, I, I watch China. It is not getting a lot of press. And I, uh, uh, I, I view that as a, a gray swan. People are talking about it, but not to the extent uh, that I think that when this goes from page 17 to 1, it's going to impact stock prices, and I think to the negative. So, uh, next podcast of the week. This is the All In podcast. Uh, one of my favorites. Seems I seem to talk about it every other week. Uh, at three minutes, David Freeberg talks about California. Uh, their electricity needs are seventy percent supplied by hydro, which is a big number. I, I was surprised. Um, and why do you care? I'll tell you why you care. Uh, the water levels are, are really low right now, dangerously low. And I agree with him with that. Uh, the, the snow caps are at record lows. Climate change clearly is impacting things. Lake Mead is very low. And uh, it, it points to, you know, real immediate problems that have that's mismatched with 20-year solutions. So, and then at 24 minutes, I mean, and these are Chamath, Jason, and the two Davids, uh, you know, three of the four are, 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 you know, they call themselves progressives. Chamath says liberals are intellectually lazy. That's his quote. Uh, solar is dirty 
and the mining that you need to, d- to do to get copper and lithium for the batteries is, is, is very harmful to the environment. So acting like solar is, is uh, you know, the solution is at least controversial and, and unclear. And he states that Three Mile Island in Chernobyl has sent nuclear back. Uh, that's from the 70s and 80s, respectively. But the fact that they're talking about, you know, uh, left-leaning Californians are are talking openly about wanting nuclear in their backyard is uh, a, sheer, a, sheer, a very clear sign of change. And it points to the increasing use of nuclear and the increased demand for uranium, which I think is an inning three, as I've discussed. Next, uh, at 15 minutes, Dan Nathan, and again, go to the show notes, click on it, you go right to there. At 15 minutes, Dan Nathan, uh, uh, right after I read the Wall Street Journal report, talked about uh, China taking over Hong Kong isn't getting a lot of press, but it sure is a risk that I think has to be uh, discounted in the stock market. Just thought it was an interesting sort of uh, uh, combination. And at 27 minutes, Danny, Mos- Danny Moses decries uh, Shikari Richardson's, the, the, the U.S. sprinter, uh, the positive marijuana test, and, uh, you know, being, uh, even though being the fastest woman on earth, to uh, uh, being kicked off the U.S. Olympic team. And he spins it, and I, th- I think uh, interprets this is a better word, uh, as a positive mo- moment for marijuana. People are saying it's legal in her home state. It's not performance enhancing. Can we end this farce, and can we you know, make cannabis more accepted? I think that's already going, but I think this is another sign that you know might catalyze. And I hope she has some sort of a- appeal process to uh, to run. But there we go. Um, uh, next is the um, uh, again on the tape. Uh, Tony Dwyer is a guest uh, at 34 minutes. Points out that taking away this gets a little wonky, so bear with me. But uh, the Fed is buying $40 billion of mortgages every month, $80 billion in treasuries. And if they taper that and go to the magic number that the market seems to think that it can handle, 180, 60, 40, whatever it is, that they're going to be doing that at the same time the infrastructure bill is going to dramatically increase the, the debt that the U.S. government uh, issues. And that would likely drive rates up. Not dramatically, but it points to why I was short bonds in the past and why I'm likely to be short bonds in the future, given that that dynamic. Um, and then at 45 minutes, uh, I can't believe I missed this. Connecticut just legalized recreational marijuana, joining Rhode Island and New England. There's 19 states now that are recreational marijuana uh, uh, where it's legal, and then 36 have medical uh, exemptions. So we own YOLO, Y-O-L-O, and I think that the states need revenues and cannabis is a very low risk way for them to earn it. And uh, I think this trend is going on for quite some time. Uh, So my take is uranium is ESG, and I know that sounds controversial, but it's going to become less so with every passing week and month. China is a gray swan I want you to pay attention to, and rates are still likely going to be up in the second half. Cannabis is like alcohol stocks post-prohibition where they beat the market, rose about 20% a year for the next 10, and I just think it makes sense. Next, the reporters of the week. This is Barron's. Uh, This is Randall Forsyth, who writes up and down Wall Street. 
and uh, another you know eye-catching title. Robinhood's IPO could be a sign that the stock market has peaked. And I'll go into Robinhood a little bit later from another source. But what caught my attention was Michael Burry, played by Christian Bale in The Big Short, the uh, uh, hedge fund manager who uh, saw the housing prices and shorted all those stocks and profited dramatically. Uh, he then went on in his next hedge fund to uh, buy GameStop and was a big bull in GameStop, sold it probably too early even by his own admission. But now he's warning that the meme craze will end in tears. And uh, he goes on to say, I don't know what meme stocks uh, such as this, I don't know when these stocks will crash, but we probably don't have to wait too long. Uh, the retail crowd is fully invested in the theme, and Wall Street has jumped on the coattails, and we're running out of new money available to jump on the bandwagon. And uh, just it, it, it dovetails with my take, which is GameStop and AMC, the, the poster children for this, seem tired to me. And, it, you know, I've been on, I've been bullish on these, and I've called the triangles, uh, but they seem tired to me. And I put it out on Twitter today, and I want to hear from you. What makes them go up from here? I mean, really, tell me how they go from these valuations meaningfully higher now that they've raised money, they've got new management teams in the case of GameStop. Uh, uh, you know, we've had uh, movie releases that are that are uh, blockbuster. I want to go see F9, by the way. Um, tell me what makes them go up from here because I'd love to know. I think it's going to be tough. I don't think there's sells yet, but you can tell the way I'm leaning, and I'm leaning towards Michael Burry. Uh, newsletters of the week, the Bear Traps Report, Larry McDonald. I really like his work. I recommend it highly. I think you should sub- subscribe. Uh, this is the ISM prices paid versus 10-year yields. Now, I, I'm not an economist. I don't play one on TV, and I really discount these big-picture macro 10,000-foot things. But when I see something like this where ISM prices paid is 92 and the last time it hit that number was 1979, I pay attention. I mean, that is not transitory by any definition. This chart, uh, uh, just so you know, only goes back to 2015. It doesn't go all the way back, but it certainly suggests, just if you eyeball this, that 10-year yields are probably going up with prices paid acting like this, unless it's different this time. I don't think it's going to be different this time. I think bond yields are going back up. Uh, Forest fire in Saskatchewan near Cameco's Cigar Lake mine brings up a couple things. Um, uh, uh, You know, why do you care? Well, they had to obviously pull their their personnel out for their safety, and so it's going to hurt production, and it's going to be bad for Cameco in the short term, but it's going to be good for uranium in the short and long term uh, but it also points to why I like the ETF concept so much. We're diversified. Cameco's number one in URNM, but the short-term hit that it takes will be made up for by the other stocks that are in the portfolio. So I just think that makes sense. The uh, uh, Bloomberg Commodity Index breaking out, you know, you don't have to be an expert technician to see this, the circle at the upper right. And um, he also dovetail, dovetails this with, Bank of America has a survey out saying 74% of respondents uh, believe that inflation is transitory. This chart suggests that that's probably going to be a contrary indicator and it's going to be more persistent than people think. That's where I'm going. Uh, Robinhood, this is unbelievable. Uh, revenues, uh, they just, they're going public. The S1's out. Everybody's tearing it apart. And I'm picking out you know, my nuggets. 
revenues went from 278 uh, last quarter to 969. Uh, monstrous growth, obviously, you know, close to four times. Citadel's 27% of their 420 million in transaction-based Q1 revenue. 34% of revenue comes from crypto. And uh, sorry, 34% of revenue came from, uh, from of crypto trading came from Dogecoin. 17% of overall is crypto. So 5.8% of Robinhood's revenue comes from people investing in Dogecoin. And it's a joke. I mean, the, 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 the founders admitted that that's what it is. Uh, and I've obviously said publicly that I think it goes below a dime and in, in six months and I've got four months to go and it went from 70 cents to 21. We'll see how this goes. Again, tell me what you think about this versus Webull or any of the other apps that you're using out there. I'd love to see your, your, your feedback, what you like, what you, what you dislike. So my take, yields are likely going up. Commodities are likely going up. Uh, I like the URNM uh, ETF, uh, the, the North Shore Uranium Trust so that when one mine has a problem, uh, it doesn't hurt too much. And uh, I wouldn't touch Robinhood, the stock, with a 10-foot pole. And just so you know, because I know they're offering a lot to their, their, their uh, customers, uh, if you can get an IPO, you don't want it. That means that Fidelity and BlackRock and T. Rowe Price said no thanks, and you're going to be left with a hole in the bag. And I, I just wouldn't touch this thing at all. So... That's the show, folks. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter, at Bakes Takes, and other social media. Uh, please, please use your voice memo app. Tape your questions and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write in if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Thank you, as always. Really appreciate everything you do. Have a great week. Uh, and for much needed levity, uh, love to have the, the lady comedians on. Uh, this is Whitney Cummings, her best uh, 10 minutes from her Comedy Central roast. And she's a funny lady, and uh, I just enjoy her a great deal. So see you soon, folks. Bye now. Bye now.